Good day to you. We are reading in the book of Genesis. We're ready to read chapter 24. Now in chapter 23, our previous chapter, you remember Abraham buried Sarah and uh, he bought this field and uh, buried Sarah in a cave there. So let me read the last verse here. The field and the cave in it were deeded over to Abraham by the Hittites as a permanent possession and burial place. Now, we're ready to read Genesis chapter 24. Now, I am reading in the Amplified Bible. Now, Abraham was old, well advanced in age, and the Lord had blessed Abraham in all things. Abraham said to his servant, Eliezer of Damascus, the oldest of his household, who had charge over all Abraham owned, Please put your hand under my thigh, as is customary, now this is added in by the Amplified Bible, okay? This was, as is customary for affirming a solemn oath. This must have been a practice that they had back then. Anyway, so please put your hand under my thigh, and I will make you swear by the Lord, the God of heaven and the God of earth, that you will not take a wife for my son from the daughters of the Canaanites among whom I live. But you will instead go to my former country, which was Mesopotamia, and to my relatives, and take a wife for my son Isaac, the heir of the covenant promise. The servant said to him, Suppose the woman will not be willing to follow me back to this country. Should I take your son back to the country from which you came? Abraham said to him, See to it that you do not take my son back there. The Lord, the God of heaven, who took me from my father's house, from the land of my family and my birth, who spoke to me and swore to me, saying, To your descendants I will give this land. He will send his angel before you to guide you, and you will take a wife from there for my son and bring her here. If the woman is not willing to follow you to this land, then you will be free from this my oath and blameless. Only you must never take my son back there. So the servant put his hand under the thigh of Abraham his master and swore to him concerning this matter. Then the servant took ten of his master's camels and set out, taking some of his master's good things with him. So he got up and journeyed to Mesopotamia. Now this was in, this is in the Amplified, it's in little brackets, between the Tigris and the Euphrates rivers, to the city of Nahor, the home of Abraham's brother. He made the camels kneel down outside the city by the well of water at the time of the evening when women go out to draw water. And he said, O Lord, God of my master Abraham, please grant me success today and show loving kindness, faithfulness to my master Abraham. Behold, I stand here at the spring of water, and the daughters of the men of the city are coming out to draw water. Now let it be that the girl to whom I say, Please let down your jar, so that I may have a drink. And she replies, Drink, and I will also give your camels water to drink. May she be the one whom you have selected as a wife for your servant Isaac. And by this I will know that you have shown loving kindness, faithfulness to my master. Now you'll notice something here about this servant. He is he is trusting in the Lord. He's praying and trusting in the Lord, but also 
he's not talking about himself. He's not asking for himself. He's asking for Abraham. He's asking for Isaac. I'm not saying that he doesn't want to have success in his mission, being as it's part of his job. When I do my job, of course I want it to be a good job and be successful. Because I do get a certain amount of pride or goodness from that. But when you're doing something for someone else, a lot of times, and I find the same thing, a lot of times in my work, I'm doing things for other people, and I want it to be good and successful for them. And notice he's got that, that, that good attitude. Now, when I say that and I talk about myself, I will tell you I do not always have that good attitude, and that's when, that's when I'm wrong, and it's, it's bad. I should not be that way. But I admit that sometimes I fail in that so that I will try harder to remember to have the, the correct attitude. And notice this servant here, he has the correct attitude. He's trying to do this for Abraham, his master, his boss, you could say. And uh, he's trying to do this and, and do this in the correct way with the correct attitude. So I, I think it's a very nice, it's a very good representation of how we should try to do our jobs so that we're not just focused on ourselves. Yes, we do want to do a good job because we do take pride in our work and we that's a great thing. But we also want to do it so that whoever we're, you know, all our work serves someone else. I can't think of a job of any work you do that you do not serve someone else in some manner. You want to do it in a good way as to serve your your other people, your customer, if you want to think of them as your customer, they can be that. You know, you always want to make sure you do that. So here the servant, he has that right attitude. He's trying to do that correctly. All right, I will uh, continue on. Oh, wait, there was one other thing, one other point. You'll notice that Abraham did not want, did not want Isaac's wife to come from among his, among these people, these strangers. He didn't want um, his wife to come from among the Canaanites. Now, why do you think that might be? My thought is he doesn't want he doesn't want Isaac's wife, he doesn't want Isaac to be influenced by these folks who they don't really, you know, they don't really believe in God, they don't really follow God, they don't, you know, but his, I think if you're looking back, he's thinking that his family, his people, they are still listening to and following God. Um, or at least I think that's the idea here. I think the idea here is that he's trying to keep bad influences away from Isaac. And he's trying to get someone from his family, from his, um, you know, not, not super near relative, but anyway, someone from his people that, uh, would have uh, similar moral values and things of that nature and would hopefully be following God. So I think there's a reason that he was looking to uh, get Isaac a wife from among those people from what you would call his home country because they would have similar moral values, hopefully be following God, you know, and all this. And, uh, and they, he would need a good influence because he's living in a foreign land, basically. He keeps saying he's a sojourner, he's an alien in residence in this, in this land. And so he wants his son to have a good influence and not be um, badly influenced by the, the, all the different people around him that are not believing in following God. 
All right, so now I'm going to continue. Before Eliza had finished speaking, praying, Rebecca came out with her water jar on her shoulder. Rebecca was the daughter of Bethuel, the son of Milcah, who was the wife of Abraham's brother Nahor. The girl was very beautiful, a virgin and unmarried, and she went down to the spring and filled her jar and came up. Then the servant ran to meet her and said, Please let me drink a little water from your jar. And she said, Drink, my lord. And she quickly lowered her jar to her hand and gave him a drink. When she had given Eliza a drink, she said, I will also draw water for your camels until they have finished drinking. So she quickly emptied her jar into the trough and ran again to the well and drew water for all his camels. Meanwhile, the man stood gazing at Rebekah in reverent silence, waiting to know if the Lord had made his trip successful or not. When the camels had finished drinking, Eliza took a gold ring weighing a half shekel and two bracelets for her hands, weighing ten shekels in gold, and said, Whose daughter are you? Please tell me, is there room in your father's house for us to lodge? And she said to him, I am the daughter of Bethuel, Milcah's son, whom she bore to her husband Nahor. Again she said to him, We have plenty of <clears throat> excuse me. Again she said to him, We have plenty of both straw and feed, and also room to lodge. The man bowed his head and worshipped the Lord. He said, Blessed be the Lord, the God of my master Abraham who has not denied his loving kindness and his truth to my master. As for me, the Lord led me to the house of my master's brothers. Then the girl ran and told her mother's household what had happened. Now Rebekah had a brother whose name was Laban, and Laban ran out to the man at the well. When he saw the ring and the bracelets on his sister's arms, and when he heard Rebekah his sister saying, This man said this to me, he went to Eliza and found him standing by the camels at the spring. And Laban said, Come in, blessed of the Lord. Why do you stand outside, since I have made the house ready and have prepared a place for the camels? So the man came into the house, and Laban unloaded his candles, uh, camels, candles. <clears throat> Laban unloaded his camels and gave them straw and feet. And he gave water to Eliza to wash his feet and the feet of the men who were with him. But when food was set before him, he said, I will not eat until I have stated my business. And Laban said, Speak on. So he said, I am Abraham's servant. The Lord has greatly blessed my master, and he has become great, wealthy, powerful. He has given him flocks and herds and silver and gold and servants and maids and camels and donkeys. Now Sarah, my master's wife, bore a son to my master when she was in her old age, and he has given everything that he has to him. My master made me swear an oath, saying, You must not take a wife for my son from the daughters of the Canaanites, in whose land I live, but you shall instead go to my father's house and to my family and take a wife for my son Isaac. Then I said to my master, But suppose the woman will not follow me back to this land. He said to me, The Lord before whom I walk, habitually and obediently, will send his angel with you to make your journey successful. And you will take a wife for my son from my relatives and from my father's house. Then you will be free of my oath when you come to my relatives. And if they do not give her to you, you will also be free of my oath.
I came today to the spring and said, O Lord God of my master Abraham, if now you will make my journey on which I go successful, please look, I am standing by the spring of water. Now let it be that when the maiden whom you have chosen for Isaac comes out to draw water, and to whom I say, Please give me a little water to drink from your jar, and if she says to me, You drink, and I will also draw water for your camels, let that woman be the one whom the Lord has selected and chosen as a wife for my master's son. Before I had finished praying in my heart, behold, Rebekah came out with her water jar on her shoulder, and she went down to the spring and drew water. And I said to her, Please let me have a drink. And she quickly let down her jar from her shoulder and said, Drink, and I will also water your camels. So I drank, and she also watered the camels. Then I asked her, Whose daughter are you? She said, The daughter of Bethuel, Nahor's son, whom Milcah bore to him. And I put the ring in her nose and the bracelets on her arm. Hold on just a second. I'm trying to check something. There's a little note here. Okay, so this was a customary act. I did not know this. But this was a customary act of, of respect, of admiration and respect. Otherwise, Rebecca would not have accepted it. This was some kind of custom. Um, I don't know about the ring in her nose. That's an unusual thought to me because I didn't know they did that, but very well. Um, so I put the ring in her nose and the bracelets on her arms. Yeah, the reason I say that is usually things like earrings and rings in the nose and things like that. Um, now, don't, don't take this the wrong way, but that's usually in the past that was used as a sign of uh, slavery, of ownership. Just, I mean, really, that's how I'm. That's how I've always associated that, and from things I've read, other things I've read in history, that's the way that was. Now, in this case, it doesn't sound like it was that way, so maybe that was not the custom everywhere. I have to allow for that. I certainly don't know everything, but I just wanted to mention that. So, and I bowed down my head and worshipped the Lord and blessed the Lord the God of my master Abraham, who had led me in the right way to take the daughter of my master's brother to his son as a wife. So now, if you are going to show kindness and truth to my master, being faithful to him, tell me, and if not, tell me, that I may turn to the right or to the left and go on my way. Then Laban and Bethuel answered, The matter has come from the Lord. So we dare not speak bad or good to you about it. We cannot interfere. Rebekah is before you. Take her and go, and let her be the wife of your master's son, as the Lord has spoken. When Abraham's servant heard their words, he bowed himself to the ground in worship before the Lord. Then the servant brought out jewelry of silver, jewelry of gold, and articles of clothing, and gave them to Rebekah. He also gave precious things to her brother and her mother. Then he and the men who were with him ate and drank and spent the night there. In the morning when they got up, now send, he said, Now send me back to my master. But Rebekah's brother and mother said, Let the girl stay with us a few days, at least ten, then she may go. But Eliza said to them, Do not delay me, since the Lord has prospered my way. Send me away so that I may go back to my master. And they said, We will call the girl and ask her what she prefers. 
So they called Rebekah and said, Will you go with this man? And she answered, I will go. So they sent off her sister, Rebekah, and her nurse, Deborah, as her attendant, and Abraham's servant, Elizer, and his men. They blessed Rebekah and said to her, May you, our sister, become the mother of thousands of ten thousands, and may your descendants possess, conquer, the city gate of those who hate them. Then Rebekah and her attendants stood. Okay, so, hmm. I guess she had more than one attendant, and they mounted camels and followed the man. Now, it may have only been a few, because he only had ten camels, right? So, but still, maybe she had more than just one attendant, or maybe this refers back to just that one attendant. But anyway, it looks plural. It says plural here. So, um, again, then Rebecca and her attendants stood, and they mounted camels and followed the man. So the servant took Rebekah and went on his way. Now Isaac had returned from going to Birlaharo, a well of the living one who sees me, for he was living in the Negev. Now the Negev, let's see, they have a note about that. It's the south country, south and west of the Dead Sea. Now I'm not familiar with that, but Isaac went out to bow down in prayer in the field in the early evening. He raised his eyes and looked, and camels were coming. Rebekah also raised her eyes and looked, and when she saw Isaac, she dismounted from her camel. She said to the servant, Who is that man there walking across the field to meet us? And the servant said, He is my master, Isaac. So she took a veil and covered herself, as was customary. The servant told Isaac everything that he had done. Then Isaac brought her to his mother Sarah's tent, and he took Rebekah in marriage, and she became his wife, and he loved her. Therefore Isaac was comforted after his mother's death. Okay, so that is, you know, that's, that's a lot. That's a lot to take in. Um, I realize a lot of this is, you notice how Abraham's family reacted, how his, uh, Basically, these would have been his nephews, I guess, his brother's children. And uh, the way they responded was, of course, you know, if the Lord is involved, you know, again, they, they believed in God and they responded, of course, if the Lord is involved, then, you know, we're going to say, yes, she can, she can definitely do that as the Lord has spoken. Um, so, you know, they were very, they seemed to be of the same mind of Abraham. They were very much following God and trying to listen to God and do the correct thing. Now, back then, of course, I, I imagine that it was, you know, some of this probably was not uncommon that, that you would go and, you know, notice there's an exchange of, of gifts and things. Possibly you could think of that as maybe, um, what, are they, what do they call it, a dowry or some such. Um, they don't state it formally as that. Um, but two, you know, daughters were supposed to be uh, married off, and, and you would want your daughter to be married to someone who was wealthy and powerful. And, and you notice the description of Abraham. God had enriched him and blessed him, and he was giving everything to Isaac. So Isaac was already basically enriched and blessed and would be a great match, you know, basically 
for your daughter. And the daughter was, was beautiful. She was pretty. And, you know, no way they would not be pleased. So the servant managed to accomplish everything that he had been sent out to do. Abraham, in faith, had told him, hey, an angel of the Lord will go before you and will make everything happen. And it did. Now you notice uh, Rebecca's family, their only thing was they wanted to have a little more time with her before she left. Okay? You know, I think that's a human thing. I think a lot of us want that type of, well, we would like, before we make this big change, we would like to have a little more time. But we don't always get that. We don't always get that option. A lot of times uh, we have to roll with the changes. We have to just go with it. That sounded like a bad old song, didn't it? But nonetheless, we have to, you know, we have to change and make our changes now. And we don't get the, uh, we don't get the opportunity to wait and to lay. And, but you'll notice Rebecca, she had the attitude of, no, I'm ready to go. Let's go. So she was ready and willing to go. She was, um, obviously she knew this was the right thing for her. They don't go into detail, but she obviously knew this was the right thing. She was obviously, when they got there, she was obviously interested in Isaac. Isaac definitely was interested in her. You don't see anything negative there. So, this ended up being, you know, a great thing for both of them. Alright, so that is Genesis chapter 24. And that was, that was longer out of these chapters. That has been one of the longer ones. And it's had a, it had a lot in it. But uh, Isaac gets Rebecca in a way that's fairly easy for for his part. You know, we know of um, other stories to come where it's not so easy. So anyway, that is the end of Genesis chapter 24. I want to thank you for listening. I hope you have a wonderful day. May the Lord bless you and keep you safe. And remember, God loves you.